1: Welcome to this week's episode of Conversations. Uh, Our guest today is Ian Giotti, and we're really excited to have him on, and we'll kind of uh, hear his story, hear his testimony, and then kind of cover a bunch of the topics that we're seeing in the news and everything going on today. And uh, you may know him from the movie The Great Outdoors, uh, or some of the other movies that he's been in, and so welcome to the show, Ian, and thank you so much for sitting down and joining the conversation.
0: Jeff, thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Very excited to do this.
1: Of course, totally. And so, you know, like what I what I normally do with everybody the first time that they're on is I just would love to, you know, kind of let, let you tell your story. What's your testimony? How, um, you know, how your life has kind of progressed and, you know, how God's kind of worked in your life a little bit?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, um, boy, I'll, I'll try to you know, I'll try to zip through it, but yeah, I, I really spent I really spent you know um, you know the great majority of my childhood in a really you know a, a loving family a good you know hardworking decent American family um, it, you know my uh, my dad is a first generation immigrant from South America. My mom's mom, you know, fled Nazi Germany mm-hmm. uh, as a Jew. Um, so I, I have these these really kind of uh, you know I, I hate to use the term uh, incorrectly, but salt of the earth parents. I mean they they were just they were just good people and they, right. they did their best um, right. and uh, raised me as best they could. And, and we were a non-religious family. I mean we there was never any you know we celebrated Christmas and and we celebrated Hanukkah and we celebrated all these things because. I guess you could say we had a Judeo-Christian kind of heritage in our family, but there was no real, I mean, there was no real, you know, following Christ or right. any kind of real, um, any kind of real, uh, I don't know, uh, spiritual conversation going on in the household. We talked loosely about God. Um, you know, my parents had their own ideas about him. Uh, I started to gather my ideas, obviously, based on what their ideas were. And then as I grew older, what I thought of my, you know, of my own experience. Um, But I was, I would say a working atheist by the time I was probably 18, 19 years old. Okay. And what I mean by working atheist is that I had considered myself well-read in, you know, the various uh, thought systems of the world, or at least the most major, the most prominent. And I had decided that they were all just, A bunch of malarkey and it was just people coming up with things to make themselves feel better about you know the very very harsh and unforgiving world that we that we live in and Mm. i thought that that was okay for them to kind of comfort themselves with these thought systems but the idea that you know it should be imposed on other people or 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 you know how dare they try to uh, evangelize the world and, and call them to, you know, say repentance and faith in Christ. To me, that was like most people, it, it was offensive and, yeah. and it was, um, it didn't conform to the way I understood the world, you know, as, as smart as I thought I was, it just, it didn't, didn't make any sense. Right. Um, So I kind of waded through those waters uh, for a few years, man. And um, I, I had a, a major, um, a major operation. I was 24 years old. Uh, I had this freak thing where I had a, a congenital cyst in my brain that just happened to move just like a matter of millimeters. Right. Mm-hmm. It was block- blocking fluid in my brain and I was having severe migraines. And then I, I, I had that brain surgery. <laughs> yeah. Like just, I mean, as randomly as you can think, like you're just plugging along your life and all of a sudden you hear that, well, they misdiagnosed me. They thought I had spinal meningitis. They weren't sure what was going on with me, mm-hmm. and uh, finally, you know, this great doctor, uh, Doctor Lana, he discovered, okay, this is what's going on. They operated. It all happened within a matter of like a couple weeks, very short period of time. Right. And here I am, you know, looking, uh, looking myself in the mirror, and uh, I have staples in my head, and my life has been completely reset. None of it, all against my will,
2: basically. I mean, none of it,
0: you know, by my consent. Mm-hmm. Um. So I go through, you know. Uh, a very, I would say, probably a, a pretty dark time. Um, you know, a couple of weeks after, right after brain surgery, nine eleven happened.
2: Wow! So yeah.
0: <laughs> I was, I was what you'd say a, a hardened, uh, militant atheist, in that I saw absolutely no reason whatsoever to think that any of this had any reason or any cause for being that everything that we were experiencing was simply the matter of. Chemicals interacting in our brain, and you know, subjective experiences that we need to somehow make sense of. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really where I was at. It was like a pure materialist kind of approach, and I was very, I was very comfortable there. Yeah. Um. I enjoyed it. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I was secure in my, in my faith. I mean, that's really what it is. It's right. It, it's faith because I couldn't prove to you that there was no God right of course
2: uh-huh. i mean
0: and any and any atheist who's being intellectually honest will will you know they'll concede that they'll say yeah i can't prove it so they're they're really just they're really agnostic if they're being honest but yeah that's what that's that's where, that's where i was Well, well, I was, well let, and, me, um, let me ask
1: you this while we're kind of on this topic what what do you think yeah. what do you think really led to you having that belief system like what was there a specific, you know, process, or was there was there specific it, things that happened in your life that led to you having this more atheistic perspective?
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, it does. You don't need to be a very observant or you know even an intelligent person to see that much is wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that people, uh, people specifically, people. As you grow older, you realize, wow, people suck, man. I mean. It's really hard to find like good, decent people that like care about other people that treat you fairly, <laughs> I, and that goes against really like the conventional wisdom of like oh you know people are, are basically good and they're they're trying their best and 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 you know they may be trying their best all that might be true but I I couldn't escape the reality that that there's something wrong with the world but specifically the people that are in it because they're the ones that are causing these events. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, in addition to the natural disasters, you see and all that, there was something wrong with the world. And it was, um, it was a splinter in my mind. I couldn't, I couldn't negotiate around. I had to confront it somehow. And, and so, you know, I, I had to ask myself, well, okay, you know, what, if, what is all the, what are all these other people talking about? Like what, what are these religious people really doing? I mean, I, I didn't buy the whole psychological comforter thing. I didn't. I didn't buy fully into that, but I saw the value in that. Um, so I, I really started exploring. I mean, look, there was a time. i will be honest with you, Jeff. I I read the Satanic Bible purely because I wanted to know, what what are these guys talking about? What what is going on? Right. Um, and. And it really, you know, I, I could, I, I wouldn't even try to begin to sit here and like recount the series of events mm-hmm. uh, that led me to led me specifically to the Word of God, to Scripture. But you'd be amazed if you study like the occult, or the, uh, and maybe you have like the dark arts and these kind of things. All these people really do is they have a reverence for the Bible, but it's obviously a a uh, for for a wicked purpose and, mm-hmm. and and for their own evil agenda. But. They, they really do believe the Bible is uh, God's word. I know that seems weird to say, but yeah. they, they know it has a power. There's a power in the word of God. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, again, against my will, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to intelligently decipher what all these occultic people are talking about, what the Illuminati, the New World Order, all these things, I, I need to understand what the Bible says. Yeah, That's really how I got to it. It was out of an intellectual curiosity, um, and you know that, that's the great thing about things like you know YouTube and, and the shows that you have and and um, the content, all the multitudes of content that's out there now. I, it, it, what I kept noticing is every time I would study one thing, like I don't know whatever it may be, whether it was Darwinism or whether it was any any of the writings you can think of, whether it was what, what was in the Quran or. Whatever it was, inevitably there are people on on social media, on YouTube, that were doing videos about what the Word of God said and what the Bible said about these things. Mm-hmm. And I thank God for that because that the Word of God was—I mean, it was—I was taking it in without even wanting to, really, you know. Um, and so it was through that study that I eventually said, okay, I'll, I'm going to read the Bible. Like, mm-hmm. I'll just—I'll just read it. I'm, I'm not going to like, you know, become religious or anything. I just want to read it like a textbook, like a school textbook. T- totally um so i did that
1: yeah well that that that's the crazy thing and so that that's really crazy though like when you th- when you think about like you're kind of following that that progression and it was really kind of studying all these other issues that a lot of you know is clearly you know anti god anti christian and that sort of thing but then god kind of has kind of woven that around to kind of bring you to the word of god almost indirectly that's that's really interesting
0: absolutely. And the thing is, it's, it's the way I know now, like, you know, he deals with everyone personally, Mm -hmm. right where they're at, right where their mind is, right where their heart is. I mean, that's just, that's who he is. And that's what's So one of the the things that's so amazing about him is that he loves us as people and he deals with us as people, not as like numbers or, or anything else like that, not as man would. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm dealing with these other teachings, I, I start reading the words of Jesus. And when I first, start, first started reading Matthew, I think I started in Matthew. No, I started in John. Mm-hmm. And then I jumped around and went to Matthew and the Gospels. But, and I had the, one of those Bibles where, you know, Jesus' words are in red, right? Right. right. And, and, I, and I didn't, you know, I kind of thought it was silly. Like, okay, well, you know, all right, it's important or whatever. But when I first began reading his words, and the things he said and those you know words printed in red I heard his I mean I heard him clearly mm-hmm. I, I don't mean audibly I don't mean any kind of you know extrasensory experience I just mean that uh, as we are talking to each other right now I heard him a million times more clearly
2: mm-hmm.
0: as if it was speaking directly to my heart and to me uh, and it was it was undeniable and so I was, I, you know, I was shaken. I didn't know what was going on. Right. Um, and then then you combine this with I had a, um, you know, I just got married, and my um, my wife was a, she was a non-believer. Uh, we were both were when we got married. Suddenly she, because her brother was a super on fire born again Christian. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he would always get in my face. We'd always have these debates. It was the atheist versus the Christian, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I, I love debating him, but I thought he was a silly, you know, a silly guy with his with his silly beliefs. And and so one day my wife comes home, we had just gotten married and she tells me I need to believe in Jesus or I'm going to hell. And I told her, Wow, this is, I mean, I don't ever want to hear about this ever again. You know, I thought I thought her marriage was going to be it was going to be over. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. Um, I, it was, a, it was a devastating, it was devastating at the time to me because I thought, all right, this lady has lost her mind and I'm, I don't know what, I, we just got married. I mean, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, and then between her and then my brother-in-law coming I me and preaching at me, I mean, and I mean preaching, like, I don't mean like, you know, you need to let Jesus into your heart. Or, I mean, my brother-in-law, God bless him. I thank God <laughs> for him all, all the time. Yeah. But he was coming at me with, you need to repent or you are going to an eternal place of punishment forever and ever that does not stop.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, and he was drawing on me, and I thank God for him now. But uh, So between that and then me reading the Word of God again, not really voluntarily, but because it was just something that had landed in my lab Now, God did a thing that I, I don't know. And and one day I'm reading I'm reading the scriptures because I was just studying. It was like my study time, like I would study any other book, right? And uh, man, that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit fell on me. I, I you know I I got down on the floor. I don't remember. It was like I don't know if I was on both knees or one knee. I just I started weeping <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and all I said, and all I said was, I, I'm sorry. There was no one in the room. I was talking to him. I was, I was, I mean, I know he, well, I know he heard me, but I mean, it, I was, that's all I said. And mm-hmm. I said it out loud. I said it audibly because I wanted to, you know, you know, there's a difference between thinking something in your head and actually saying out. Saying right.
1: It out yeah. Loud. It's, it's and, kind of, it's kind of a commitment and, uh, thing. Like, like once you verbally say it, it's like you're committing to that almost to a certain degree.
0: Right, right, and God, and and you know, verbal, uh, verbal commands—the word God—that's how God made everything. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's important, and and so I, I, I said I'm sorry, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't say a prayer, I didn't do any of these you know formulas that we so often do. I just said I'm sorry, and and. I came out from that floor, and I know, I know, I knew something was 180 degrees different than I'd ever known in my entire life. Yeah, and I later understood that it was being born again. I, I didn't understand it then, but once I started reading and studying and getting into the word, I, I got. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what happened to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it was undeniable. It was, and it was immediate.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> my
0: conversion was immediate. I wasn't you know i know he w- was working on me and that kind of thing but uh, it was at that moment i know for a fact i know that i know that i know mm-hmm. that god saved me forever and, I, yeah. and i'm just man so thankful
1: oh yeah totally and and that and that's the that's even just the really interesting thing about understanding how salvation works when we when we look back we see okay the holy spirit's working on me the you know god was working on me at that time and then it's like there's this moment where it's like that's the moment where God opened my eyes and I repented and right. placed my faith because it's like the immediate reaction to that. But in the process, we don't we don't really realize that. So that's that's really it's it's one of those things that's always really interesting looking back at like p- different people's conversion stories. And it's like you can see God working, but they had no idea until that moment when they placed their faith in him. So that's that's really interesting.
0: Exactly. And 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 it's really shaped, you know, my you know uh, my conversion really shaped the way I approach I guess evangelism or uh, that you know anything about uh, when it comes to salvation because I, I'll, I pray for people and of course I will invite and extend invites all the time but mm-hmm. I know that it's between them and him right. at the end of the day whatever however these count is settled, mm-hmm. whether it's for the good or for the bad, that's going to be between these these two, God and His His creation, His His child, mm-hmm. it's going to be between you two. And and I've realized that that you know, I preach, I, I give them the Word of God, I pray, and then I stop and I just shut my mouth and I say, Lord, now you, you do what, what only you can do because people do not save people. Totally, Jesus saves people. Totally.
1: Ex- ex- exactly, that is spot on theologically. <laughs> so, uh, well, I want to back yeah, up. And then,
2: and yeah, I guess, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead go
1: ahead oh no, uh, no. no well I was just gonna say kind of going along going along with that it's it's just it's 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 one of those things where it totally goes against our f- typical frame of thought in the sense of we're trained from a young age f- just by society in general just to think that everything we do we do ourselves and so it's really it's almost a weird experience to where when you're becoming a Christian all of us and then you're living out your life and you're preaching and you're evangelizing and all this kind of stuff all of a sudden and you realize that n- any anyone who becomes saved it has nothing to do with me it doesn't it may not even have a whole lot to do with them it's all god working behind the scenes it's just up to us to be obedient so you know that's again it's it's one of those theological things where when you really get into it it's almost like there's a difference between how we live our life but then also kind of what's going on behind the scenes to a certain degree too
0: yeah, it is. It's and, and I think it's the way he's kind of set it up. I mean, it's you know it's referred to as a certain you know Paul calls it like the circumcision of the heart, right? I mean, people can't do that, mm-hmm. and, and there's no and no and behaviorism doesn't do that, right? It, it, you know, certainly a call to obey God into his and his commands and his word and all that, absolutely. But people people don't circumcise their own hearts. It's just it's not something that's done. When God told Israel uh, for the physical circumcision, right, that was, that was something that was alien to them. They're like, well, okay. I mean, it wasn't something that they came up with. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what salvation is. In my opinion, Uh, when you're, you know, you're, when you're born again, I didn't make myself born again. (laughs) Right. You know, God decided when he did it, how he did it. But of course I, I, I in faith said to him, like, God, I'm, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I see my sinfulness before you. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and and all that, all that works together. And yeah, we know we have these theological debates, and and there's a place for those, absolutely. But at the end of the day, for me, it's like I've seen that you know, yeah, I, of course I I did exercise faith. I know that, but but you know God sovereignly saved me. He didn't have to do anything, and and I'm not a Calvinist. My brother-in-law is a Hardcore Calvinists, and we've gotten in so many like you know <laughs> arguments in the base, and and I and at one point I'm like, look, if this is the truth, I, I'm a Calvinist, I'll, I'll do it. I mean, I'll I'll be that. But yeah. you know, I did much study, and I came to the conclusion that it, it's an error. Now, I think it's a better error than some other errors,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's still an error. Right. You know, and 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 um. So we've had long conversations about that, and we love each other. I, like I said, I thank God for him. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, but in the end, I, he gets the glory, and and mm-hmm. and we're just kind of along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's I think that's okay. Totally, I think that's and I th- okay. It,
1: totally, and I, and I think a lot of times everybody gets you know I th- I think the theological debates are important to have because truth matters, obviously. But sure. I think but I think people get so wrapped up in the theological debate that we forget the main point, which is obedience and preaching the gospel and evangelism and that sort of thing. And so it's kind of like we have to keep we have to keep our focus on the primary issue. I I care more about winning the loss than I do convincing somebody who disagrees with me to agree with me theologically. You know what I mean? So. um, Absolutely. Well, so one thing that I did want to do is is we'll kind of back up a little bit. And so you were you were an actor, especially, you know, you were in several films, you know, as a kid and that sort of thing. What, what was that experience Mm -hmm. like being in movies like The Great Outdoors and some of the other films that you were in?
0: It, it was, um, it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, I I can't, I can't lie. I had a, I had a great childhood, man. I've had a, I've had a great time. Like I've had a great life and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, when I, when I got to, uh, I was, you know, I was six years old when I started, um, I was. And I was, I, I guess it was a goofball or whatever at preschool. At the preschool, my mom was sending me to. And the teacher told her, look, this kid, you know, he's always entertaining the other kids. You should send his headshot in and see if he gets an agent, all that stuff. So my mom's like, okay, you know, see what happens, whatever. And I mean, I got an agent. And then pretty quickly, I started working, did a couple national commercials. And um, I did, I think, my first movie, I, I was in opening scene of a, a movie called Oh God, You Devil. It was like the third part of the Oh God
2: series oh, yeah, yeah. of George
0: in the early 80s. Um, I got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, just a lot of cool stuff. And uh, uh, I did some TV shows. And then I think after I did a movie called The Rescue, uh, things started really picking up. And then I landed the, the great outdoors gig. And, you know, I, I, I was working enough that it was like it was a semi-regular occurrence but it wasn't like i didn't have any real life i was still in school um my kid i my, my my peers thought i was probably i don't know i mean I, i'm sure they had their own views of me i mean here's a here's a child actor who was dipping in and out of school all the time and, right yeah yeah you know probably thinks he's better he's better than us or, or whatever <laughs> but i mean i didn't i mean i didn't care i just i was happy doing both i love school I, I excelled in school i mean i, I was a you know, I was in the honors program, and, and, I, and I loved it. I loved being in school, and I loved being on the set.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it, it was a really, it was a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even knowing now what I know about the industry and what I know about the agenda behind mm-hmm. much of the industry, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world, man. It was, so- it was awesome.
1: Totally. Well, let, let let's get into yeah. a, a little bit, if if that's cool. With like, so you brought up you brought up that there's the agenda within you know the industry within Hollywood and you know entertainment and all that kind of stuff. What what, what yeah. are you referring to specifically? Kind of when, when you're talking about that.
0: Uh, well, all of it. I mean, I mean, there's there's the programming, the the idea that look, I mean, uh, everyone loves movies. You know, mm-hmm. everyone loves TV, and the idea that you can propagate, uh, well, ideas in these, in these, in the form of entertainment, is immensely powerful mm-hmm. to shaping the culture and shaping really what people think about the world around them, and, and ultimately their theological beliefs. I mean, that's really what it's all getting at. I mean, yeah. uh, if it's all about, you know having a great time in the wild party or the, the great cool vacation or, you know, if that's all that matters the class cars or, or even the culture behind the movie itself, I mean, if that's the most appealing thing in the world, then people are going to they're going to prioritize that and the, and the pursuit of that mm-hmm. and that, I mean, that's an extremely powerful tool to have if you're trying to shape culture, which I believe is what's now now that I have enough you know, hindsight, I believe
2: that is, you know, clearly,
1: clearly what's going on. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting and, too, and, what I was just going to say though, kind of going, no, on, going along with that a little bit is, so I, I've been, I've been, yeah. I've been in talks with a couple of different people that kind of produce some films and that sort of thing within like the Christian entertainment. And one of the things that I was yep. taught, one of the things I was talking to them about was that there's this, there's this like almost like subplots that are going on in films and TV and all that and all that sort of thing. So it's not always the most obvious thing. But when you're watching a movie, you're almost having to let down your guard to a certain degree and believe this this idea and this concept for two hours or an hour and a half or whatever it is. And so if you're gonna buy into this film, so let's let's say it has to do with like global warming, or let's say it has to do with you know the bad guys or the conservatives, or you know whatever it is. You're having to believe that for an hour and a half in order for the film to make sense, and so that's like programming you for an hour and a half to think like that. And so if you're seeing enough movies, I mean that's that's exactly kind of how it works. So it's not always the most obvious thing, but it's it's this sense of belief that you have to have to make this make the movie make sense, which then leads into this kind of programming and kind of like what you're talking about to a certain degree.
0: Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean. You have to understand that, I mean, this is, uh, you know, Plato's allegory of a cave. I mean, you, you project these shadows on the wall, and you try to make sense of them from as early an age as possible. I watch my kids, and I'm very, you know, very involved with what they watch and what they don't watch. Not For, for the for the sole reason that I want to know, the sole reason really that I don't trust these uh, these, these content creators. I don't right. know what they're putting in their cartoons. I see all sorts. Of, I don't trust them. So, and, and crazy enough, I, I don't want to get sidetracked, but my kids love old stuff. They love the mm-hmm. old Bugs Bunny. They love like Elmer Fudd and Looney Tunes. And I'm like, great. Watch yeah. it. Cause that stuff at least, I'm, and I know there's stuff in there too, but it's not as blatant and pervasive as it is. Today.
2: Yeah.
0: But um, what I was going to say is that these content creators uh, these kids—they know when these kids sit in front of uh, these programs. These kids, and the younger, the more true this is. They are soaking it in. They are transfixed. I don't know, um, if, you know, if you have kids or if you've been around young kids that watch, but their eyes grow wide, their mouths are shut, they are silent, and they are taking the 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 stimuli that's being. You know, just hitting them, and who knows what the rate is a second. Mm-hmm. It, it is, it is transforming their mind. That um, a brain that is still very much in development, uh, thought processes that are still very much in development. I mean, this is, this is uh, the easiest way to propagandize a young generation. Mm-hmm. And I know that seems like a very evil way to speak of like cartoons, but the day we're living in, this is, this is what this is what we're facing. I mean, I see the stuff that is on YouTube that I'm like, Hey, you guys are not allowed to watch any of these channels. If I see anything like this, it's blocked. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm taking away the iPads, that kind of stuff, because I mean that that, it's a real thing. And I don't think the day's, because of the, the speed of information, the days of calling these things a conspiracy theory are over. The people that say those things now, mm-hmm. they they reveal themselves to be either ignorant, willfully ignorant, or or absolutely uh, deceitful in, in in what they're arguing. Because you can no longer deny this evidence; it's it's everywhere, and right. you don't need to, you don't need to go far to find it. You just need to be slightly interested in it, and you will find. Pages and pages and pages and pages of why this is true, all right. over the internet.
1: Oh yeah, for sure, and you and know, it, so, it, yeah, so, go ahead.
0: No, I, I was just going to say. I mean, this is this is what uh, you know. These kids are are at a very young age are being propagandized, and it is a real thing. It's a real thing that's happening, and parents and those who care about young children in general they need to wake up they need to stop even you know even if there are non-christians listening to this mm-hmm. and i'm sure there are yeah i mean they need to wake up and realize that this is a real thing and and to to understand the nature behind it it's it's evil it's evil showing its face mm-hmm. it's pretty clear to me
2: yeah
1: so so when so when you're looking at this you know the argument would be made from let's say let's say the other side would be that You know, it's not. It's not like an intentional kind of thing where we're trying to program people. It's just you know, it's just kind of the way that we think, and it's just or, or it's just the because liberals are so prominent in Hollywood, it makes sense that they're putting that kind of thing in. It's but it's not like an intentional thing, like how how do we know that it is something that is like an intentional trying to program either kids and even adults? I mean, it's not, it's not like adults are immune to this either. So, you know, is, is this like an intentional coordinated effort or is this just like kind of coincidental to a certain degree?
0: You know, it's interesting that you asked me that question uh, because I just started reading um, a couple, I've been really getting into like old books now, like Mm -hmm. stuff that was written a, a century ago or more. Uh, I find that to be more relevant than the new stuff for whatever reason. I think there's there's an authenticity to it yeah. that you can kind of see in hindsight. Oh, this is what these people were really getting at. I'm reading a book uh, right now called Public Opinion by Walter Lippmann, and then I'm going to start because it's kind of like a cross cross reference with a book called Propaganda uh, by uh, Edward Bernays. Okay, these, these things were written in like the early 20th century, like 1915 or so, and they talk about the idea that. Basically, these early forms of you know uh, broadcast broadcast content, so say the radio or newspapers. Most people, they have you know in that day. Remember, this is a hundred and whatever years ago. They had they they weren't able to fully process the information that they were getting, and so your mind picks up on on a certain percentage and uh, of information that's uh, available in these newspapers, and radio programs, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. What they were doing is these, you know, these media companies would hire people like Lipman or whomever to figure out how to best uh, place certain stories so that people could uh, receive them, uh, I guess, uh, more effectively, and, and that there would be there would be a bigger audience. And now we understand that in social media today, but they were doing it back then. The reason they wanted that is because they're trying to get certain types of information to the to the general population they want people to know certain things now these would be i guess what editors or of a newspaper or what publishers or what have you but my point is there are always people who are doing these jobs that have an agenda everybody has an agenda that's human nature and the days of pretending that uh, the re- the restraint on journalists today, for example, versus, you know, yesteryear, mm-hmm. that, oh, I'm going to be objective, those restraints have been cast off. Yeah. That maybe they were in place at some point <clears throat> because they weren't aware of, of the, the agenda. Fine. That's fine. But nowadays, most people are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, you know, why they've been indoctrinated? They've been indoctrinated to this agenda in some way, shape, or form through, through cartoons, through movies, through TV. Even if they don't um, acknowledge it, uh, you know, uh, overtly, they're they're still conditioned to it, and they're they're propagating it, and they're used to propagate it in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by all that. Yeah. Because, you know, you you said you know like you're saying uh, most people in, in the news media are obviously liberal, left leaning, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know we, we get these um you know we get we get these stories like Kavanaugh's is a example, or really any big story. And if you have a group of left-leaning, like-minded, liberal type of people, professionals, very, very good at what they do, they're sure they're going to throw the, you know, the bone of, oh yeah, well we'll get the other side, but the story is about why this policy is preferable to this, mm-hmm. or why, or why th- this is actually the right decision and not the wrong decision. That is propaganda. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at its base form, it's propaganda. Right. So to the, the, suge- the suggestion that, you know, oh, these guys don't really know what they're doing, I, it's disingenuous. I mean, th- these are smart people. I work in a room with a lot of smart people, mm-hmm. and I think there are a lot of smart people that just happen to be really wrong. Now, they're unregenerate, number one, Yeah. so they don't really – they don't understand spiritual things. Fine, but even apart from that, I, I just think, you know, from a strictly secular political viewpoint, I, I think they're, they're flat-out wrong. But these are smart people. They know what they're doing. They're not, um, you know, they're not uh, unaware that, uh, you know, they're called fake news. For example, they know. Yeah. Yeah. They know what people think. But there, there's no, there's no changing course. It's not like you know what, guys. We need to really reassess how we do. Things. None of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: None of that's happening, and and it, and, it, and and it won't happen. It will only get worse, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, so so that so then what's what what should the response be from whether it's conservatives or Christians or that sort of thing to the extreme left-leaning you know whether it's whether it's entertainment or news or whatever it is like what what's our response or what's the way to combat that in all reality is it trying to change things from within and get more Christians in there is it to do something parallel to it but from the Christian perspective or the conservative perspective what's what's the right way Solution in all reality.
0: Yeah, it, it's a it's a really tough question. It's a tough question, and I actually have one fellow one believe it or not mm-hmm. one fellow believer who works with me in the newsroom. We're we're close. We share all the time. We pray together at work. Um, we talk all sorts of things theology, obviously news events, whatever. Yeah, and and we've talked. We've kind of asked the same question. You know, what are, what are we supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. Um as journalists all, all we can do is really like just stick with the facts yeah i mean the facts are the facts and, and 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 speak that you know but um as as the church you know i i don't know if i have a i don't have a pat solution to offer
2: mm-hmm.
0: I, I really don't i i mean this, this all i know is my bible says that deception will go worse and worse it doesn't get better Um, it doesn't like, there's an ebb and flow, of course, but in the last days, which I squarely believe we are living in, it's going to get so bad that uh, the whole world will be deceived, Mm -hmm. that even the the elect, Jesus right, is is going to be deceived at one point. I mean, uh, uh, it's it's widespread, and so I, I feel like the more I get involved, and I, I, I mean this personally as much as anyone, the more I get involved in political events, mm-hmm. I have to kind of catch myself, go back to the Word of God, say, okay, what, what does the Bible say about whatever it is we're talking about, and kind of rest my mind and my conscience there, yeah. and then. And then, and then go from there. And, it, and if it means engaging with, you know, fellow believers like yourself, then we do that, we, we kind of build each other up. And, and if we disagree on something, we disagree and share the word of God, and we go, you know, just go on our merry way. But if we're evangelizing, I'm evangelizing the world. Mm-hmm. I'm telling the world, look, you are being deceived. Look at the mass deception that's going on from any number of events. I mean, I won't even begin to introduce into this conversation because we'll never end. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean... It, it is it is it is mass deception that's going on, and there's no other way really around it. And people that are unregenerate that don't know don't know the Lord, they're 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 lost. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that they're lost, but I mean they're lost in a sea of information too. I mean, they have no idea how to parse it, to give it context, how to apply it to their life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they're just they're 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 lost yeah. in that sense too.
1: Oh yeah, totally. I mean, th- there's there's no there's no Holy Spirit to really help people to decipher. And, you know, and, and even with even with Christians, I mean, there, there's, within the church, there's a lot of these, you know, leftist liberal ideologies that are, that are even infiltrating into the church that we're seeing. And, I mean, that's even concerning that even, you know, believers in all reality are being deceived by a lot of this kind of stuff. But again, like you were saying, it's like this, it's this information that's constantly coming in. It's like, no, no wonder there's so much compromise, you know?
0: You know, and and I know you guys. I know you've touched on the subject a lot, and I and I, I think it's fascinating too. I I almost it's one of those it's one of those subjects for me where it's like I, I don't even know where to begin. But I, I have you know I, I struggle because everyone is entitled to like you know a political view. You know I understand that, mm-hmm. but when I hear a, a professing Christian talk about yeah I support abortion, yeah.
2: say, mm-hmm. or
0: yeah I support gay marriage. I have to, the question I have to ask them, it's not that, oh, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? It's, do you believe that the Word of God says what it says? That, that it's not confusing, that it's not, you know, up for uh, wide varieties of interpretation. Do you believe it's really clear that uh, Jesus talks about marriage, a man leaves a woman and the two become one flesh? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that all these things, you know, that, that life is, uh, formed in the womb by God Himself. Do you believe these things, mm-hmm. or are you just are you just paying lip service to that? You know, doctrinally and 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 you call yourself a Christian, but you're kind of I don't know coasting along the rest of the way. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. I personally don't understand how you can know the God of the universe mm-hmm. and what He revealed as truth, and then say, yeah, but I, I I think this and that opinion is directly contradictory to. To God's word I I don't understand that
1: yeah it literally it literally just baffles my mind and especially if for whatever reason I feel like oh spe- within the church specifically and you know within pol- politics as well I guess you I guess you'd say as well but there's been so there's been like this downgrade of there's so much compromise on all fronts almost over the last two years that are being that' it's it's Going at a rate faster than than I think I've ever seen. And I guess you could say, I think it's also happening that way within politics and social society as well, just in general. But it's just this, it's just happening so quickly, so fast over the last year and a half, two years. It's just, it's just insane. Like a lot of these pastors, like you were even talking about, how can you, like there was one prominent pastor that said that it was more important that we don't have Donald Trump than it is to overturn abortion and ban abortion. It's like, how can you be a pastor and think like that? But everybody's so focused in their ideological bents, and it just it makes no sense that this kind of stuff's even coming from pastors these days. So it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that, that's,
0: that's absurd. I mean, I, if, if that were my pastor, I would go up to him I would say, Pastor, are you telling me that it is more important that we defeat a political candidate than we protect life in the womb. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Are you saying that scripturally that is what we should be doing? Yeah. And I, I would be I mean, there's, the, the point is, there's no answer you can give that would satisfy my question. Yeah, because they're, they're, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Wrong is wrong and right is right. Yeah. And and, and that's why well, I, I thank God that we have an authority, that there is an absolute uh, moral authority um, because otherwise we, you and I would be fishing for answers. We wouldn't really, oh, I think this, and he thinks that, so we'll just say we're both right and we'll go on our merry way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I may not like the fact that God says, hey, uh, don't steal, okay, or don't lie, right, right? And, and that these things are, are worthy of death.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and because I've lied and stolen so much in my life countless, countless, countless times that I, I can say, yeah, I mean, everyone lies, right? Everyone steals. God, what like, what's the problem? yeah But I have to bring my mind, conform my mind to his word and say, you know what? He he knows exactly what he's talking about, that his word is truth, and that, yeah, these things are worthy of death.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I have to understand that there's obviously a spiritual element to these things that I may not even be aware of or, or may not even cogniz- cognizant of. And and I just have to accept that because that's 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 his that's his word that's his his authority on his authority he says that yeah so it's it's important that like you know Christians of all sorts and denominational whatever whatever you want to call yourself at some point I have to ask you who who is your master or who are you serving and and, and you 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 can say Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if you're not conforming to his word, in thought, probably not in action. I'm not claiming to. I'm not sitting here right now, Jeff, and telling you my actions conform constantly to the word of God. What I'm saying is I fall short every single day, hour by hour, minute by minute. And by God's grace, I have a relationship with him. But what I do do is I know when I'm falling short, and I know that there's forgiveness with him. I know that... Um, I can always make sure that I, I can always bring my mind back to the word of God and that's where I rest that's my that's my default you know yeah. and and so these these Christians that come up with ideas that are contrary to scripture I, I just I, I don't know I'm not I'm not comfortable saying yeah you're good yeah. you're good' I'm, I don't you know we're different I'll see you in heaven no now listen there are I'm not talking about the minor doctrinal issues that you know good believers disagree on i'm not talking about that stuff right i'm talking about the things that people say are political issues you know there are professing christians at my work who support remarriage, marriage mm-hmm. who loved barack obama yeah. who support you know uh or pro-choice and all these things are in, like huge immense red flags to me mm-hmm. all right and I'm like, well, I, don't, I don't understand. You know, like, how could you, how could you say, and, you know, so I have to look at them with a skeptical eye. I don't look at them and say, yeah, yeah, well, he said the name of Jesus. So, we're, he's, you know, he, he loves the Lord and, and, and he's born again. Blah, blah, blah. I don't have to say that. Mm-hmm. I can have, I can judge him according to scripture and say, you know what, this is what I see. This is the fruit I see.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, I don't, I, I'm not condemning him uh, to hell for eternity. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, hey, I don't know about this guy. Yeah.
1: And that's all I can do for sure. So, you know, and and you're you know, obviously you're you're outspoken about your about your faith and your positions and and all that kind of stuff. So how how does that play out? Because like you were saying, you you work in a newsroom, very, you know, liberal, (laughs) liberal ideology. How how does that play out? Like like when when you're working in that in that kind of field? Are are you getting pushed to compromise, or is it just too much information all coming in at once? Like, how does that how does that all play out? Being a believer and a conservative in a very liberal anti Christian environment.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Jeff. I mean it's it's extremely challenging, and it's never been more challenging. Um, I've been in the field for ten years now. It's never been more challenging than it has since the election of Donald Trump
2: mm-hmm. because.
0: I and I, I believe in my heart that um, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't. I'm not here to do politics, but I know that the person of Donald Trump uh, was he was the office, you know, God, the Bible says God raises up kings; he puts them down, right? All of them. Mm-hmm. So Obama, Bush, you know, all, Clinton, all the way back. God puts these people up and and down for the time that they're in. Right. And I know Trump is the same. I know he's put there for this specific time. Mm-hmm. And you know ever since ever since his election it's it's been a, it's been a battle. I mean when you hear him when you hear him talk about fake news or people you know they don't like me, I mean it's true. Mm-hmm. they they hate him yeah they they really do and and if you in any way support Donald Trump or his policies, you know, for example, I celebrated openly. When he recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital, yep. what an amazing biblical moment! Right, I, you're moving right now. Like this is a this is a biblical moment. You know, this is like a a, a Cyrus moment. This is a, an amazing moment in history, and and I'm openly celebrating. Oh, I don't care what people think. I mean, they can think it's just a political decision or whatever. Right. But I I, I you you hear the grumbling. You hear the, the you know um, you hear there's 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 anger. There's a There's a deep-seated anger, and it's not at Donald Trump. He's just a guy. Mm -hmm. He's just a guy that's been raised up to be used by God. These people are angry at God, Mm -hmm. and so to be in that news, to be in that newsroom, I'm thankful for my fellow believer who I have there. Thankful she's there, Um, but I know the more uncomfortable it gets for me, I thought, you know, I, I would think to myself. I, I don't know. My boss will probably listen to this. I, I, we'll, we'll, I'll have to deal with him later. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I really, true. I've told him. I truly believe I am put. I I believe I do my job as well as I can. You know, I I'm um, I'm in management now. I, I I do my job as uprightly as I can. I don't want to bring any bias to to the news. Mm-hmm. I'm actually trying to always make sure that we're free of any bias and that, you know, we, we're we're you know talking about both sides and all that. But it is um it's hard. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. It's real. And and you sense it. Kavanaugh was another thing we talked, you know, we touched briefly on it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, like I told I told my coworker, I'm like, you know, me, when Neil Gorsuch was getting confirmed, I didn't feel this way. Right. I mean, I, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like, a, like a, 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 you know, something was in my throat. Like I didn't feel there was, there was in the air something thick and heavy and, and, it was hard to breathe a little bit because you felt the, the contempt at this man. Yeah. And the reason is because because he's obviously I mean, in my opinion anyway, I, I think he's a believer. Mm-hmm. And and more probably more importantly, they know if he gets on, uh, on the court, on the bench, there goes Roe v. Wade. Right. And and I and there there's this spiritual you know, you can feel it, the animosity toward. Just that this man would, you know, even think about uh, trying to, to you know, do this thing. So, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 very it's real. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. Yesterday yeah. was surreal and how real it was.
1: Yeah, I mean it that really that happened. that was it was it was intense because I remember you know I was sitting there wa- watching it with my wife you know pretty much all day yesterday and then you know the proceedings that were happening today and you and I I don't think I've ever seen like political theater like. That insane in over over yes. some over something like this, like where no people don't even people don't even care about the facts in, in in all reality that does go on both sides. Like there there's people on the right that that are that are completely ignorant of whatever's true and false. And they're just going after the, the opposite side just based off of their political ideology. But at the same time, like in, in, in this case, it just it just seems like facts don't matter. Evidence doesn't matter. Nothing matters except we just have to destroy the opposition. And it's just I I I've never seen it to this level and this openly celebrated to a certain to a certain degree from mainstream everybody. Like it it was intense. Yeah.
2: yeah
0: so if you felt it, you can imagine what a newsroom full of people who that's all they're working on. At that moment, you know mm-hmm. that's all they're they're trying to do. You can imagine that level there, and then, and then you know, I don't know. And I'm 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 not presuming anything. This may be may made up in my mind's eye, but everyone around me knows who I am, where I stand. They know that something's wrong with this guy. This guy probably voted for Trump. Yep. They know that something that I'm not I'm not in on the game, and so you can feel these sidelong glances and. I don't know. I did anyway. Maybe yeah, someone yeah. would call me, you know, uh, conspiratorial or or I, I, I'm being—I uh, don't know—but I, I felt it, mm-hmm. and and you know, the more I did, the more I was intent on watching on watching Kavanaugh and watching the proceedings and reporting it accurately and 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 just staying put. But I—I I don't know. I, I it's an it's an extraordinary moment. Mm-hmm. It, it really it really truly
2: is. For
1: me. Oh yeah, and you know, and and I think you know when we're looking at. You know politics. Well, any, anything in all reality, in general nowadays, but especially when you're dealing with politics and the news and what's happening, I feel like people have their their minds made up before the story even breaks, and then as soon as the story breaks, they just try to fit it within their preconceived perspective, as opposed to let's wait, let's look at the facts and make a decision. So it's like Trump nominates him to the Supreme Court. Automatically, if you're against Trump, you're against him. Automatically, if you're against Trump, you think that this guy's a rapist. And it's like, how, how did we get, how did like in all reality, how did we get to this point where you can't even look at facts, but, and you're so bent on just destroying the opposition that you'll do whatever you can to just destroy again. Like I've, I've never seen anything like this and you know, you being, you know, working within the news and the media and that sort of thing. I mean, you're you're seeing that you're seeing that firsthand in all reality.
0: Yeah, and it, it's—I mean, for me, it, it's a hardening. Like I, I see it as a, as a, like a, a, a spiritual hardening. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing the hardening of America. You really are. Yeah. You know, Romans talks about God gives them over to a reprobate mind. I mean, that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's—you know—there was a time. Remember, not more than maybe what. A decade ago, maybe less, Mm -hmm. where gay marriage was a debatable subject, where it was controversial, Mm -hmm. where it was, hey, let's talk about this. That is no longer the case. Yeah. Right? I mean, either you are on board with gay marriage or you are some lunatic religious person who's living in the 1900s and you need to figure it out. Like, Mm -hmm. that's really what the conversation is. Yeah. To, to me, that is a classic hardening of a, of, of a conscience. Their consciences are seared now because there's no more room for debate. There's no more room to explore, even compromise on the issue. Um, it's over.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I, again, I see that as, as a form of judgment. Um, just as I see Trump as a form of judgment, just as I saw Obama as a form of these are all forms of judgment coming upon the country now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to, I mean, look, we, you know, the idea that uh, America would see a civil war 20 years ago was outright laughable.
1: Oh,
2: yeah.
0: And if you ask people today, they have never before probably felt it more closely than they do now. Mm -hmm. There is a sense that in the right, under the right circumstances, in the right event, it could happen. Yeah. I feel it. You feel it. uh, The other side, quote unquote, the other side feels it. Um, it's just kind of a, it's a, you know, it's, um, a, a pot and we're ready to boil over yeah. at any time.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, this is, this is literally the first time that I think I've ever, I've ever seen the, the culture be so, be so at odds with each other. Cause I mean, you think, like, think about it. At what point in recent history did you have to, did you have to be careful with wearing a shirt with the American flag and be afraid that you would get beat up or killed because you're wearing an American flag? like that's literally where we're at Absolutely. right that's literally where we're at right now or you or you wear a hat or a shirt that supports your favorite presidential candidate and you could not come home that night because you're wearing that shirt and you're you're proudly supporting your favorite candidate like i've i've never seen this kind of animosity before and i i don't like honestly i don't know like Maybe, and maybe you might know, where, where is this animosity coming towards the conservative side? Where's the animosity coming from that's focused on, like, Donald Trump from the left? Because, you know, I get being opposed to somebody, but where is, like, the hatred coming from?
0: Because to the left, Donald Trump is a Christian. Do I know if Donald Trump is born again? I do not. I don't Mm -hmm. care to know. It doesn't matter to me. All that matters to me is what policies he supports. Mm -hmm. That's it. But to the left, he is a Christian. He stands for Christian values. And the things that used to be celebrated as like the... You know, the the, the Republican, the, the, the religious right, they called it, what, in the in 1980s. And I used to think, oh, there were those crazy people and, and this political system, whatever, that was all taken for granted. Mm-hmm. All that stuff now has been built up to a point where it is such great animosity that all that, that structure, that whatever's left of that structure anyway, must come down, according to these guys. Mm-hmm. They no longer want the idea, they can no longer accept the idea of people in charge that have any kind of real uh, Judeo-Christian background, religious view. But, I mean, that we saw this coming. I mean, they've been taking the Bible out of schools for years, uh, prayer in public circles for years. This stuff has been going on. They were just, they were just taking the low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. But now I believe we've come to a point where, okay, we got those things out of the way. We're coming for you now. Now if you believe these things, or if you're aligned with a person who believes these things, you are no longer acceptable in the public sphere. <clears throat> and that, listen, that we know that's coming upon the earth. We know that Christians are going to be beheaded, okay, at some point mm-hmm. in history, all right, or people that believe in Christ. Maybe not the church, but people who uh, believe in Jesus are going to be beheaded. That we're, we're going now. I mean, it's just a matter of of how that takes shape or what the roadmap looks like, but that's that's what's happening now. So now if you identify with any, in any way, shape, or form, with what is what we're really talking about is we're talking about Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's not we're not talking about religion. I know that's used a classical word for Christianity. I yeah, guess, yeah. in American culture, but we're talking about Christians. If you are a Christian or if you are um, aligned with you know Christian views, those are no longer acceptable to espouse to to American voters in the name of democracy. Mm-hmm. In the name of, you know, uh, free speech or what have you, right. you can't impose your views on us, yeah. which is, of course, an, impo- an imposition of a view on somebody to say you can't impose your view. Yeah. But, you know, that's besides the point. <laughs> I, I mean, that, but that, but really, that's where we are. I mean, that's it, – it's the, the hypocrisy. It's rank hypocrisy um, in their in their worldview, but they don't care because mm-hmm. now, like you saw yesterday of the Kavanaugh thing, it's all about women. It doesn't matter – whether it's right, wrong, whether it makes sense or not. Mm-hmm. It's all about taking it down. And, and you know, the book of Revelation talks about the devil knows he has a short time. He knows exactly where he is on the timeline. Mm-hmm. He knows it. And so that's why you're. I believe you're seeing all this stuff ramp up. Because he sees everything taking shape. He knows what's going to happen. He knows uh, what the Bible says is going to happen to him. And he also knows that for a brief period of time, he's going to have... Control over the entire world, mm-hmm. and he's he's he wants that right now. Yeah. I really do believe that.
2: Oh
1: yeah, you know, and, you know, in and, and like looking at okay, so so when when you track the the history of the world, you you look at the Bible and that sort of thing. There was always an empire that was trying to take over the world. Yeah, you know, whether it's the Babylonians, the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, the Egyptians, the Chinese, you know, whoever it was, even modern day with the, with like, the United Kingdom there was always this attempt yeah. it was always this attempt and they would get close and you know like look look at look at england they had they had so much control over practically the entire world but they got close but then god's like no it's not time yet and then i i feel like yep. we we were at that point during this last election where we were headed towards this globalism in the sense of Setting, We were so close to that one-world government. They're, they've been trying to get this one-world currency. They've been trying to get this one-world religion and get rid of Christians and all that kind of stuff. We were so close, and then I feel like God said, okay, it's not time yet. And so and so then now we're kind of like in that everybody's fighting the fact that God is sovereignly taking that away from that perspective. And so I, I feel like that's kind of where we're in this – Chaos right now because because they were building 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 and then all of a sudden it's like nope it's not time yet it's not my time and th- and I, I think that that was God sovereignly putting President Trump into place and that's not like a conspiracy thing but if you look at history that's really what was going on I think
0: yeah I mean look Trump is obviously I mean you don't need to follow politics closely to you know that Trump is a reaction to Obama right I mean mm-hmm. it's just it just follows yeah but. I also worked in news under President Obama, and I can tell you there were times, um, you know, whatever the case may be. I don't really want to go into specifics, but yeah, yeah. there were times, that certain uh, certain events or certain declarations or uh, whatever, maybe, where I I became very nervous because I saw uh, something dark, um, something something sinister, not just. I'm not not to, not necessarily or just in his person, but in the entire um, environment that accompanied the Obama administration and and the climate of the country. Mm-hmm. I, I I was it was unsettling to me, and so I saw that as a rapid acceleration of wow, okay, is this is this it? I mean, are we? Because I didn't know. I, I felt like you know who is this? Who is this guy, this president? I mean, is he going to take over the world? Because man, a lot, everyone loves him. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves him, and 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 I, I was, I began wondering, as I'm sure a lot of other people did, but obviously God says, "No, no, no here we're stopping here, and now we're segueing into this thing." Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, he stops and starts it, but I, I can't help but shake the feeling that Donald Trump is in, in office precisely to de- destabilize. You know this country, uh, mm-hmm. and I mean that. I mean, obviously, politically, it's happening, but I mean that from yeah. a spiritual standpoint, where yeah. you can see everything that will that can be shaken will be shaken. It is being shaken, everything from top mm-hmm. to bottom. Yep. Um, it's it's yep. it can be frightening if you don't if you don't know the Lord. You're, you're you're probably a little scared. I mean, I'm not scared of Donald Trump. I was scared. I was scared of of the of of quote unquote of. Certain governmental policies under Barack Obama mm-hmm. I was scared for Christians I saw I saw Christians being silenced I saw um, speech being silenced and, and, and now I'm not scared of I'm not scared of, of the president Or of his administration's policies Now I'm scared of the people reacting to those policies And, right. and what, what they might do and, and what they might start So yeah, I mean It's a stop-start kind of thing But this feels different this feels different than certainly anything in my lifetime. My my parents have told me the same thing. They don't remember feeling like this, you know, ever under presidents that they had growing up. So it's different.
1: It's unique. Yeah. yeah. No. It, it really is. And so you know, with with again you being a believer and a conservative and and all that kind of stuff. What's how how are you? Let's say how do you, how do you deal with? Okay, how far do I go into this debate in politics or is or like what's too far, what's not too far? Like because I know it's it's really hard because it's everything so, you know, inf- inflammatory and everything's just blown up in our faces and all that and all that kind of stuff. H- how do we how do we wade those waters of just knowing okay, what what's the right response from a Christian to deal with all these political all this political craziness in all reality?
0: Yeah, I think I think there are a handful of biblical issues that you can kind of hang your hat on, and and let the rest kind of just sort itself out. Mm-hmm. I think you know, like we talked about, I think the issue of life, I, I think the issue of marriage, I think these things are pillars. I think they're not cultural, they're not you know, they're not anything. They're they're, they're pillars. I mean, God, the family, the more ever since I had my own family. I understand how alien it is to human existence to have a family. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the idea that, you know, a man gives up his right to do as he wishes and do what he wants with his time. Right. And and says, you know what, woman, I'm going to take you in marriage and we're going to start our own family and we're going to start our own home. That is an alien thing that God created. Mm -hmm. People don't naturally try to do that. So you have these ideas of family and marriage. You have, um, the ideas of life that we're talking about, I think you just have to, we defend those biblically. We say, Hey, this, we're not going beyond this. This is the line, Mm -hmm. you know, like Jesus drew that line in the sand with the Pharisees, right? This is it. Uh, We're not going beyond this anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, what's going to happen is whether we have faithful Christians or not doing that, we're going to be attacked and we're going to be maligned. And we're going to be called all sorts of things, and we have to be okay with it. I need to be okay with being called a, a racist, bigot, homophobe, whatever dirty floor you can call me. I need to be okay with that. I need to settle in my heart that, you know what? This is the idea of man. This is man's opinion, and I am here standing on the Word of God saying, this is what he says is right. This is what he says is true. Call me whatever you like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Jesus warns us about that, you know? Blessed are you when they curse you for my, my namesake. Right. And, and, I, and listen, I give them plenty of reasons to curse me for my own namesake. I'm not saying that. Okay? <laughs> so I'm, not saying be a, I'm not saying be a jerk just in the name of the Lord, right? Yeah. You go, you, you do what you need to do, uh, walk uprightly, right? But, but when it comes to these issues and say, no, no, I disagree, here's why. Here's what the Bible says, I'm standing right here. And just accept what we're called. I don't. I don't believe there's a cultural. I don't want to. I don't want to win a fight with someone who's convinced I'm a, a, a homophobe because I say marriage is a man and a woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, it is what it is. They're 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 unregenerate in their mind. They can't accept. They literally cannot receive the natural man, the things of God. They don't. They don't. They don't know how. Mm-hmm. They're unable to. Yeah. So I, I have to just rest in that and stop there and and you know come what may i guess
1: yeah for sure you know i i, th- I think a lot of times too you know christians can kind of get caught up in all these little peripheral issues and i think a lot of times we have to remember what are our principles like what what do we believe in what's worth the fight you know like like fighting over you know you know these you know some of these small elections or fighting over some of these you know like he said she said kind of garbage like all that's going to do is just going to inflame everybody's emotions and everybody's just going to fight and hate each other but if if we're focusing on the issues and take the emotional rhetoric out of it and focus focus on you know protecting life focus on the definition of marriage focus on these specific issues i feel like we could do a lot better and actually make our case a lot stronger than getting involved with all these, all this petty fighting and bickering that we're seeing constantly in the news and the media from even Christian leaders get who are kind of entering into politics and that sort of thing. So I think that's that's something that we kind of, kind of as believers, I think can can really kind of take to heart and try to try to fix. I think. So yeah, but yeah, but,
0: you're 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 100% right, and and I think that we also, I know this seems uh self defeatist in a way, and this is probably a, a component of my own personality, but we have to also accept and understand that the the influence of the church on the world is going to wane mm-hmm. and it 's going to be less and less, and that is the point of prophetically of what god 's plan is for the world is to return. His, you know, attention to Israel and judge Israel along with the rest of the world. That's what, that's what the whole, you know, Book of Revelation is really about. It's saying, okay, I'm done with the church now. This, that time is over, and um, we're going back to, you know, I'm going back to Israel and judging the world and what have you. Mm-hmm. That, that we're not going to be uh, here to um, restrain uh, the evils of the world forever. While we are here, we should absolutely do it. And I know that seems contradictory to say, well, we should stand up and speak, but we should also realize, you know, that it's going to go away. But I believe you can hold both of these truths in your mind simultaneously and be effective and um, and, and stand powerfully for the Lord and say, look, I know this is true. I also know at some point he's going to say, okay, I'm done with the church in the world now. I'm going back to Israel and and judging the world in righteousness, which is what mm-hmm. he says he's going to do.
2: Yeah. He's,
0: you know, the thing I can't get away from is that I, I, I actually wanted to bring this up, and I, I, I thought I'd jet it down some more, but, you know, we're going to have a theocracy. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. when all of this is done, when America is done, when, when all these things are done, <clears throat> all the wars are fought, there is going to be a theocracy, a patriarchal theocracy ruling from Jerusalem. And we need to stand on that truth and say, this is what is going to happen. So, ladies, we love you. You are, you know, you are um, uh, created in God's image. You are are obviously um, complimentary to to men in every way, and we compliment one another, and you guys are a blessing and all these things. But we need to stop getting caught up in this idea. Look, feminists hate patriarchy because they're talking about the Father. Mm -hmm. That's who they're talking about. They're not talking about fathers or political systems. They're talking about the Father. They may not know it. They may not understand that. But what they're railing against is the patriarchy that God has revealed in his word. God the Father is going to send his son to rule in a theocracy from Jerusalem at the end of the day. That's what's going to happen. And we can play a part in that by evangelizing the world, telling them of the judgment to come. And when God's done with us, he's done with us, you know, and, I, and I'm ready when he's ready. Yeah. But, but that's the truth. And, and I need to just, I need to be able to parse my words with that. And of course, you know, um, do it in love. Of course, do it. Uh, uh, let my words be seasoned with salt, right? In grace. And grace and to do it that way. But, but to just, to period, end of sentence, stop at that thought and go, okay, that's, that's where
1: it ends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, and it's really interesting that you that you bring that up too because I feel like with, you know, cuz marriage is supposed to be a reflection of the church's relationship to God and Christ. You know, it's yes. it's that's yes. that's that's the the visual picture and the, you know, parable or the example that were that were given. And I feel like so so like you were saying, it's like when you're attacking the husband or you're attacking the father, uh, or the parent in the relationship, you're you're really de- you're destroying that visual of the relationship between the church and God and the church and Christ. And so, you know, whether again, like you were saying, whether they know it or not, it's it's a it's an attack, whether it's direct or indirect. But the more the more we get rid of a lot of these Christian ideals and examples that we have in the world the the less likely I think people are going to be able to understand the gospel. And I think that's kind of why this fight is kind of worth having, the debate's worth having, is because we're we're establishing this example to the world of this is the way it's supposed to be to a certain degree. And I think that that's, that's really important for us to really be standing up for, I think.
0: Yeah, no, we are to contend for the faith. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we're here to do. We're here to do it and 100% agree with you. I, I just, I need to always remember because I want, look, I want to win a political argument. Mm-hmm. I want to be like, hey, no, I'm right. And, and and that's really not, you know, at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm properly representing what scripture says um, and and telling people the truth. And if I can just do that um, and, and do it in love, then, I, then I've done my job. And that's, that's really all I can hope for. That's the best outcome, I guess.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. 100%. And so uh, kind of in closing, I, I was just kind of wanted to ask you, so what what's the what's the main thing that you think that that we as believers need to remember as we're dealing with, you know, because you're, you're a perfect example of being in the world, but not of it in the sense of like, you're working, in, you know, right in there with media, right in there with news, right in there with, you know, entertainment and all that kind of stuff. How, how are we supposed to wade that weighed those waters of being in the world but not of the world because i feel like a lot of times people in the church were of the world but not in it to a certain degree you know it's this it's this separation and it's, and it's really weird so how it's, it's kind of like how as a christian how far into the world do you go but kind of still keep yourself separate, if if that makes sense
0: well this is why i think theology is so important i don't think theology is just for you know uh, you know, Luther or the nerds who want to, you know, just be debating debating all day about what the Bible says or does not says. Theology for me um, is kind of the boundary where, or like, you know, I, I can go into any place. Like I used to do, um, and I loved it. It was my favorite. I did prison ministry for about a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And going into prison, going, you know, going into that environment, if you think watching Kavanaugh is oppressive, you, you go into these places. These are really these are strongholds. I mean, there is demonic activity going in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I am in, I am, I am with these people. I am, I am um, talking to them. They're human beings. They're, they're in many ways, they're just like me. They're scared of the things I'm scared of. And I go into these places, I talk to them, and I don't have to become like them. I don't have to believe like them. I don't have to talk like them. I don't have to do it. I don't have to conform in any way behaviorally to, to them. All I, can, all I need to do is go in there, share the truth about what the Bible says, and and I can apply that to any other place. I can apply that. You know, this is probably controversial. I can apply that to a bar. I can apply, I apply that to a party where, look, things are going on where I I'm not going to partake in, mm-hmm. and I certainly you know wouldn't want to promote in the church. But listen, this world is a cesspool, and I I remember as a non-believer thinking that all these Christians you know, they're so like hypocritical and they 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 think they're better than everyone. And you know what part? There's an element of truth to that,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and the element of truth to that is that it's extremely unchristlike Yeah um You know, it's just not. I mean, th- they were slandering Jesus. You know, they uh, he's a uh, friend of sinners. He's a he's a he's a drunker. He's drinking with them, and they were they were slandering him because he was hanging out with all these kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And so, I think as the church, we need to stop being afraid of of optics, if that makes sense, of 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 how things look, or we just need to go to people where they're at. Whoever God puts in our lives, or however he arranges us, or whether it's our workplace, or whatever his ministry. Mm-hmm. So whatever those things are, to do those things, no matter what, to, to, to minister to the people that are in front of us, no matter what, those people need to hear the gospel. They need to be saved. Yeah. Every single person. And and the church needs to stop trying to look, I don't know, like a 1980s version of a Christian, or a 1950s version of a Christian. Mm-hmm uh the gospel uh it, it 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 goes beyond like a time period or a cultural association it's none of those things it's timeless the same thing that was going on in in the book of acts in the first century is going on right now sure i'm not wearing sandals to work right or i'm mm-hmm. not you know i'm not milling and plowing or whatever it's the same stuff it's just dressed up differently right and so we just need to remember that that's all the same. We don't have to change anything. Mm-hmm. I think we. I think a lot of Christians are changing what, what the gospel is. And I, I you know, Christians, I'm reading the Book of Acts right now. I'm reading a commentary, but the more I read commentaries, the more I realize I just need to read like the book. I'm not right, yeah. I don't need
2: to read commentaries. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I just need to read Scripture. And and the Book of Acts. I'm watching. I'm, I'm reading how Paul did stuff, or how all these uh, apostles did things, and. And actually, I want to emulate that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not saying my speech is going to conform to theirs. I just want to, you know, from a theological perspective, approach, uh, engage people the way they did. I, Paul, you know, the, the, I love the uh, Acts what is it, 17 on Mars yeah. Hill and, you know, uh, the, un, the, unknown, uh, the, the unknown God. I mean, that's a, you can do that anywhere. You can preach the, the Sermon of the Unknown God anywhere, mm-hmm. and people will understand that right now. Right here in Los Angeles, because it, it, they understand what that means. It, just in case we miss the God, we want to make sure we're good with him. Well, I'm here to tell you about that one yes. that you don't know. And I'm going to preach to you exactly from the Bible who he is. And, and, and so that's what we need to be doing. Mm-hmm. We need to stop with all the games, in my opinion, and, and, just, and just be honest. And, and to do it in a way that, you know, God gives us all personalities. He made you one way. He made me another way mm-hmm. to not be afraid to allow him to work through our personalities. And I don't need to act. I don't know what acting like a Christian means. I don't know what that means. Yeah. I know there are things that God calls me to do and be, but I don't know, like my speech doesn't conform to that stereotype or my dress or whatever that is. That stuff needs to go.
2: Mm-hmm. All
0: that cultural, the cultural touchstones, they, they're, they're nothing. They, they, they're gone. They, they, just, they float away after a certain period of time. Yeah. It's just it's just standing on the Word of God, oh, preaching yeah. the Word of
1: God for sure. You know, you know. And I think I think for me too. I, I have kind of a similar experience in in the sense of you know I've I've worked in Hollywood, I've worked in you know I've worked in you know several different I- industries within the area, and one of the, one of the things that I keep hearing, and it's this isn't to like pat myself on the back by any means, but you know the one thing that I keep hearing is why aren't other Christians as nice as you are. Like, like that's literally what I keep, what I keep hearing all the time. And it's like, everybody's so used to the Christians that are just going to come and yell and scream at them. They're just used to the Christians that are going to tell them that they're dressed wrong or that they, you know, carry themselves wrong or they have too many tattoos or they, you know, said the wrong word or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like at a certain point, what, what difference does it make if we try to change somebody before they come to Christ? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I feel like a lot of times the church, it's like, they want to change Hollywood right now. And it's like, but they're lost. You want to change them. Let's go win them for Christ. Let's not just try to tell them how evil they are right now and tell them that they need to change that evil. It's like, what difference does it make if they're still going to go to hell? And so I I think that that's a very, that's definitely something that I think the church is failing pretty miserably at in all reality right now.
0: And, you know, I mean, like, I love the idea that these movies like God's Not Dead and, and the success of these things, that's great. God is using these things. Mm-hmm. God does that. I mean, e- even in a fallen industry, uh, just like a fallen world, God is at work. He's not done or sleeping or giving up or, or he, he's, until he's done with the church, he is calling people to himself through his son. And until he stops we don't stop. It's just, we just keep living our lives and doing what we're doing and we are replaced. God has a a purpose in that. I, I don't always have the the answer why, but I'm, I'm resting that he knows what he's doing. And, and I hope I pray he uses me. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. that's really all I can ask for.
1: For sure. And I feel like, I feel like that's all, that's all any of us, any of us can ask for. And I think, I think that that's the, that's the exact right attitude to have, especially, you know, just being, being in the world, be ready, be, Ready to be used by God, no matter what, and so, so I, I just I wanted to you know thank you for taking the time to you know sit down and kind of go over a lot of these issues. I feel like there's there's always there's always so much more that to to go over, but I, I'm really thankful for you, and I hope that we can do this again sometime. I feel like we had a really good really good conversation.
0: No, this was this was awesome. I, I really, I mean, like I said, there's so many highways and byways we could have gone down mm-hmm. and rabbit holes, and and yeah, I'd love to I'd love to do it again, but this was. This was great, had a great time.